Hello and welcome to the Zenspired Soul Collective. This podcast contains subjects relating to near-death experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Thanks for joining me for episode four of my podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share them with your friends and leave me a five-star review. Don't forget to follow my socials on Facebook at Zenzali Zenspired Soul Collective and on Instagram at Zenzali Zenspired Soul. The term near-death experience was coined by Raymond Moody in 1975 as an umbrella term for the different elements, including out-of-body experiences, the panoramic life review, the light, the tunnel or the border. This describes a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers claim share similar characteristics. Raymond Moody wrote the book Life After Life. The term near-death experience had actually been used before already by John C. Lilly in 1972. In 1968, Celia Green published an analysis of 400 first-hand accounts of -of out-of-body experiences. This represented the first attempt to provide a taxonomy of such experiences, previously viewed simply as anomalous perceptual experiences or hallucinations. In 1969, Swiss-American psychiatrist and pioneer in near-death studies, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, published her book called On Death and Dying, What the Dying Have to Teach Doctors, Nurses, Clergy and Their Own Families. Near-death experiences, or NDEs, have been reported since ancient times. The oldest known medical report of a near-death experience was written by Pierre-Jean de Monchot, an 18th century French military doctor who described such a case in his book, Anecdotes de Medicine. In the 19th century, a few studies moved beyond individual cases, one privately done by the Mormons and one in Switzerland. Up to 2005, 95% of world cultures are known to have made some mention of NDEs. A number of more contemporary resources report the incidence of near-death experience as 17% among critically ill patients in nine prospective studies from four different countries. They also report 10 to 20% of people who have come close to death will experience an NDE. Many important features of NDEs were more pronounced in experiences who had not taken drugs or alcohol, converting the brain dysfunction model of NDEs. Across the board culturally, NDEs do share many features in common. For example, seeing deceased acquaintances and beings of light, or religious figures. However, there were some apparent culture-bound differences. For example, NDEs in India didn't typically include encounters with lights or tunnels or reports of viewing their physical body after they'd separated from it, as did people from Western cultures. Instead, they sometimes reported residual marks on the physical body following the NDE. This was not often seen in Western culture. Indian NDEs commonly described being returned to life because a spiritual arbiter 
or Shitragupta, to whom they were led by messengers, determined that the wrong person had died by mistake. In contrast, American NDEs described reasons for their return, including either choosing to come back, often for the love of family, or being sent back for various reasons, but never because a mistake had been made. These life reviews are more likely when the close brush with death was a result of a sudden, unexpected accident. These life reviews were more commonly described as anti-retrograde, so moving from childhood through the present, rather than as retrograde, simultaneous or randomly sequenced. Overwhelmingly, this was described as being very rapid, but realistic, vivid and encompassing of the experience's entire life. The purpose of this seemed to be, for the most part, an experience designed to guide them in amending their behaviour after their death. NDE reports from differing cultures, while showing some influence of culture-bound expectations, also show remarkable informities suggestive of survival. These features include accurate out-of-body perceptions, exceptional mental clarity when apparently separated from the body, accurate perceptions of events going on at a considerable distance from the physical body, and encounters with deceased relatives and friends, some of whom the near-death experiencer could not have known had died. The equivalent French term experience de mort imminente or experience of imminent death was proposed by French psychologist and epistemologist Victor Eger as a result of discussions in the 1890s among philosophers and psychologists concerning climber's stories of the panoramic life review during falls. In 1892, a series of subjective observations by workers falling from scaffolds, war soldiers who suffered injuries, climbers who had fallen from heights or other individuals who had come close to death, for example by near drowning accidents, was reported by Albert Heim. This was also the first time the phenomenon was described as a clinical syndrome. When positive, near-death experiences may encompass a variety of sensations, including detachment from the body, feelings of levitation, total serenity, security, warmth, the experience of absolute dissolution, and the presence of a light. When negative, such experiences may include sensations of anguish and distress. Explanations for NDEs vary from scientific to religious. Neuroscience research hypothesizes that an NDE is a subjective phenomenon resulting from disturbed bodily multisensory integration that occurs during life-threatening events. While some transcendental and religious beliefs about an afterlife include, include descriptions similar to NDEs. 
Studying NDEs is important not only to our understanding of the dying process, but also to the clinical care of terminally ill patients, grieving families and suicidal patients. It's been found that attitudinal and behavioural changes following NDEs are more pronounced and pervasive than those following other psychic experiences. Researchers have identified the common elements that define near-death experiences. These include impressions of being outside one's physical body, visions of deceased relatives and religious figures, and transcendence of egotic and spatio-temporal boundaries. Many common elements have been reported, though the person's interpretation of these events often corresponds with the cultural, philosophical, or religious beliefs of the person experiencing it. For example, in the US, where 46% of the population believes in guardian angels, they will often be identified as angels or deceased loved ones. Or they'll remain unidentified. Hindus will often identify them as messengers of the gods of death. Common traits that have been reported by NDEers are as follows. Feeling very comfortable and free of pain. The sensation of leaving the body, sometimes being able to see it while floating above it. A sense of awareness of being dead. A sense of peace, well-being and painlessness. Positive emotions, a sense of removal from the world. An out-of-body experience, a perception of one's body from an outside position, sometimes observing medical professionals performing resuscitation efforts. A tunnel experience or entering a darkness, a sense of moving up or through a passageway or staircase where a brilliant light is encountered. A rapid movement towards and or sudden immersion in a powerful light or being of light which communicates with the person. A mind functioning more clearly and rapidly than usual. A sense of having access to unlimited knowledge. An intense feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. Beings of light, beings dressed in white or similar. Also the possibility of being reunited with deceased loved ones. Receiving a life review commonly referred to as seeing one's life flash before one's eyes. A preview of future events that are yet to occur. Encounters with deceased loved ones and with other beings that may be identified as religious figures. Approaching a border or a decision by oneself or others to return to one's body, often accompanied by a reluctance to return.
suddenly finding oneself back inside one's body. Connection to the cultural beliefs held by the individual, which seem to indicate some of the phenomena experienced in the NDE and particularly the later interpretation thereof. Many NDEs also include other elements and some can be frightening or distressing rather than peaceful. Kenneth Ring in 1980 subdivided the NDE on a four-stage continuum. The subdivisions were 1. Peace 2. Body separation 3. Entering darkness 4. Seeing the light. Charlotte Marshall, a neuropsychologist from the University of Liege and the University Hospital of Liege, who led a team that investigated 154 NDE cases, concluded that there is not a fixed sequence of events. NDEs are associated with changes in personality and outlook on life. Ring has identified a consistent set of values and belief changes associated with people who have had a near-death experience. Among these changes, he found a greater compassion for others, less concern for acquiring material wealth, a heightened sense of purpose and self-understanding, a desire to learn, elevated spirituality, greater ecological sensitivity, and planetary concern and a feeling of being more intuitive. Not all the after effects are however beneficial and there have been circumstances where changes in attitudes and behaviours have led to psychosocial and psychospiritual problems. Veritasil NDEs are those that include verifiable information acquired by the experiencer that they could not have obtained by using other means. For example, some experiencers report seeing events going on at a distant location, i.e. another room in a hospital or an experiencer might meet a deceased loved one who then communicates verifiable information the experiencer had not known. Other kinds of NDEs that may bear on the mind-body question include those in which mental functioning seems to be enhanced, despite physiological evidence that the brain is impaired. Out-of-body experiences or OBEs Many persons have the experience of seeming to be located in a space away from their physical body. Some people having this experience report that from a position above their body, they could look down on it and observe its condition. This experience occurs in more than 65% of persons who come close to death and survive.
OBEs also occur to any people who aren't near death. Some are mildly ill or fatigued, others are in good health. Many of these experiences don't suggest any paranormal process. Two features that sometimes occur do suggest such a process. One, some people report that whilst they were out of body, they went somewhere else, observed distant places outside the range of normal senses, and there observed, for example, a conversation between two people that they couldn't have learned about normally. And two, the person reporting the OBE is perceived by another person at the place where the first person said he or she had gone. These cases are called reciprocal. Apparitions and after-death communication. These are often referred to as crisis apparitions and involve a wide range of experiences occurring at or near the time that a distant loved one or acquaintance was dying. This can also relate to when that loved one or acquaintance is involved in an accident or experiencing some other unexpected event. For example, many people have reported that they have seen an apparition of a friend or relative at about the time the person was dying or involved in an accident, though they had no way of knowing about this event at the time. Others have reported having had vivid dreams, hearing a loved one's voice or feeling an unusual physical sensation or emotion at a time coinciding with an unexpected death or other event. These kinds of experiences were intensively studied by scientists during the late 19th century and hundreds of cases were reported. Unfortunately, in recent decades, most parapsychologists have shown little interest in studying such phenomena and not many contemporary experiences of this kind have been reported. Deathbed visions. Deathbed visions are those visions or other experiences that a dying person may have in the minutes, hours or days before their death. Family members or hospital personnel may report that a dying person, previously weak or even comatose, suddenly revived, sat up, stared at the corner of the room and called out the name of a deceased loved one. In other instances, dying persons have described seeing or hearing other persons not physically present. These people are usually deceased or other beings at their bedside. In rarer cases, a bystander has had such a vision, either alone or simultaneously with the dying person. 
A documented example of this occurred when an elderly woman's family gathered around her deathbed. Suddenly she seemed much more alert and the expression on her face changed to one of great pleasure and excitement. She raised herself slightly and said, Oh Will, are you there? and then fell back dead. This lady had a brother named Will who lived in England. Not long after she had died, the family received word from England that the woman's brother Will had died two days before the woman's deathbed visions. There was also the story of a clergyman who underwent an operation under general anaesthesia and later reported in detail what happened while he was ostensibly fully anaesthetised and unconscious. This included the surgeons leaving the operating room to get another instrument and details of conversations among the operating staff. Lastly, there was the story of George Ritchie, a psychiatrist at the University of Virginia who had an out-of-body experience with viridisal perceptions after having been pronounced dead from a double lobe pneumonia in the army during World War II. Ritchie later began public, publicly lecturing about his experience. Dr Ian Stevenson, who I've mentioned in previous podcasts, analysed nearly 50 cases of persistent consciousness during close brushes with death involving an out-of-body experience. Unusual mental clarity and ecstasy before NDEs had a name and he urged his fellow physicians to inform themselves and to inquire about such experiences in their patients. There has been very little systematic research on this phenomenon but conversations with hospice nurses and others suggest to us that deathbed visions may be more common than we now recognise. As mentioned earlier, the research that's been done suggests that such visions may not be related to the hallucinations that drugs, fever and certain illnesses can produce, and that drugs and fever may even inhibit rather than generate them. Stevenson repeatedly argues that features such as mental clarity that's enhanced when brains are dying challenge the monist view that minds and brains are identical. Three features that seem to provide indirect evidence supporting this survival of mind hypothesis included paradoxically enhanced mental function during periods of brain impairment, seeing the physical body from an an external visual perspective and paranormal perceptions, lucid mental processes under diminished psychological and physiological conditions that most neuroscientists regard as incompatible with complex cognitive activity suggests an independence of mind from brain under such circumstances, permitting consideration of the possibility that mental activity may persist after brain death. 
This was reported by Owens, Cook and Stevenson in 1990. Reviews have identified numerous accounts of NDEs, accurate reports of perceiving events at a distant location, many verified by many independent witnesses, suggesting that NDEs are not entirely subjective in origin. That comment was made by Hart in 1954. 92% of NDEs whose medical records documented their proximity to death reported enhanced mental functioning, including increased speed, logic and clarity of thought, visual and auditory clarity, vividness of colours and control of cognition. Half of such NDEs reported looking down on their physical body from a different spatial position. This comment was put into a report by Kelly Grayson and Stevenson in 2000. While some of these features might be explainable by different mechanisms, the occurrence of all three features together in individual NDEs makes the survival hypothesis which might explain all three more credible. Scientists such as Ian Stevenson do not say much about the spiritual implications of their work and he rarely wrote in this vein because he believes strongly that the primary role of a scientist is to provide evidence relevant to the question while it remains the duty of each individual person to examine that evidence and draw his or her own conclusions. Near-death experiences are intensely vivid and often life-transforming experiences, many of which occur under extreme physiological conditions such as trauma, ceasing of brain activity, deep general anaesthesia or cardiac arrest in which no awareness or sensory experiences of any kind should be possible according to the prevailing views in neuroscience. If you have experienced a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience or anything like this, I would really love to hear from you and perhaps even do some kind of an interview with you for the podcast in the future. Please feel free to contact me if you have any questions or if there's anything that you'd like to discuss with me on this topic or any other. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week and look forward to catching up with you again next week. As I said before, please check out my socials and drop me a line over there Um, check out my weekly taroscopes that are done on live on facebook every week and check out what i have in my store but other than that until next week have a good one and i'll see you then bye for now